This is With You in the Weeds. Do you ever find yourself stuck in between what you know to be true and what you actually experience? Or the difference between where you are and where you want to be? Well, if so, you're in the weeds. And like weeds, those tough places keep coming back. I'm Lynn Rausch. And I'm John Tennant. As counselors, Lynn and I deal with those weeds all the time. Together, we designed this podcast because we want to be with you in those weeds, kind of like God desires to be with us. Hmm. Now, that idea will change everything. So we hope you'll listen in and let us be with you in the weeds. Let's get started. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of With You in the Weeds. This is Austin here. Normally, Lynn and John are kind of driving the bus, but today it's going to be me, and we're going to do something just a little bit different. Um, We're going to do an interview of sorts with Lynn and Shay. We're on the hot seat today, Shay. (laughs) (laughs) Get ready. Whose seat is more hot at this point? I don't know. Um, Specifically, we're going to be discussing what some of their biggest regrets are as parents. Now, why are we doing this episode? If you've been listening, we are in a series called Becoming a Whole Person. And today's episode is entitled, What Every Parent Regrets the Most. Mm. Uh, the subtitle is Confessions from Lynn and Shay. <laughs> that was your idea. That was the my subtitle, idea. In, yeah. in all seriousness, as we were sitting down and planning and just hearing your thoughts, you guys had a lot of great wisdom and perspective. You've seen, uh, maybe seen it all, <laughs> or a lot as parents. And so mm-hmm. I just thought our listeners could uh, benefit a lot from hearing from I've you I've been hesitant to give parenting advice over the years because, you know, just Halloween was last week. You know, my, my kids might have been egging your car. <laughs> so, you, you know. Apologies I, from Shay. I, on behalf of the, the jury's uh, still out. Jury, I mean, well, yes. That's so, the other thing uh, is, you know, as soon as you start waxing eloquent wisdom about parenting, you know, you just, your kids are going to show you wrong. Right? Yeah. So, so we're here to talk more about our mistakes. Yes, and exactly. hopefully it gives you some this wisdom. Is a good I'll, I'll take anything we got. Well, remind, <laughs> okay. remind us, you know, you have three kids. Remind me, how, how old are they? Where are they in life? All mm-hmm. of those things. Yeah, well, our oldest son, Jack, is 23. Okay, wait, hold on. Is he 23? Yes, yes, he's 23. Okay, I'm sorry. I lose track. He's, he's, okay, he's He's out of the house. Yes, which is, right, right. And married, which is, he is married. And he's married to a wonderful, beautiful young woman named Caroline, whom we love so much. She is definitely a part of our family now, and I could not imagine a better match for Jack than Caroline. Um, And then our daughter, Emma, is a junior at Mizzou, University of Missouri, here in Columbia, where we live. And then our youngest son, Owen, is a senior at Rockbridge High School. So he is 17, going to be 18 in the spring, and making decisions about college. So we're definitely on the tail end of this whole parenting journey, watching our kids launch, get married, make decisions about college. It is all the things that you— Who's more happy and or sad about being empty nesters next year? Well, I, I am for sure more happy. Than <laughs> more I have sad. my moments. I'm like, yeah. I think one thing I've learned about myself is I'm a pre-griever. Ah. So I know what's coming mm-hmm. that Owen is about to graduate mm-hmm. and all my kids are going to be gone and they're leaving me. Mm-hmm. And so I have moments of sadness now where I just get in bed and cry and, you know, mm-hmm. feel all the feelings of, you know, 
they don't, they're not going to need me anymore mm. as they have before and what that feels like. And my yeah. kids tease me about it. What are you going to do when Owen graduates, Mom? You're going to be so sad, you know? <laughs> I wish you guys could see the smile on <laughs> yeah, Shay's yeah. face right now. Because they're thinking you're going to be left with Dad. Mom. Right, so, yeah. What are you and Dad going to yeah. do without yeah. us? Like, all, yeah. all you do is talk about us anyway, oh, so. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's funny. Well, this, this is good. And again, I'm taking notes if and when this happens uh, for Polly and I. But um, here, here's what we're going to do for today. Um, I mentioned there's kind of just a couple categories and ways we're going to tackle this episode. Um, on one side of the ditch, so to speak, is regrets and ways that parents can under-discipline mm. their kids. Mm-hmm. And on the other side of the ditch is ways and regrets parents have from over-disciplining kids. So we're going to be asking and talking about uh, these these two categories. And towards the end, I'm going to throw in a bonus question that every parent needs an answer to. Now, now this question, it can get spicy and it can elicit a lot of opinions and emotions. So stick around. Is it how to keep your kids from throwing a fit at the supermarket? Mm -hmm. Is that what it is? Uh, No, that that is a good one. That is a good one. (laughs) This is a teaser, so stick around. So so let me do this. Um, Let me just start by asking you guys an initial question. Why is discipline so hard for Mm. us as parents Mm. and even caregivers, but especially parents? Yeah, yeah. That is such a great question. You know, in this whole series, Becoming Whole Person, we've spent a lot of time talking about all the good ingredients that kids need in order to grow. And those are things that, you know, bring joy. And we love to do those things for our kids. Um, You know, our kids come into this world very fragile and they are completely dependent on us to give them these good ingredients. But as I've been thinking about this whole topic, especially as it relates to discipline, what I'm thinking is inherent to that is the reality that we as parents are very powerful. So if our kids are helpless, fragile, independent, they're coming in with us as the position of authority over them. And this is part of God's design, that that we're put in this position of authority. We're given this mandate, this task of nurturing and shaping and caring for our children's needs so that they can become a whole person. I mean, that's kind of the whole goal that we have. But given our sinful nature and the corruption of sin on everything that's good, including God's design for the family, you know, it's inevitable that as parents we're going to at times— use this authority either to our children's benefit or potentially to their harm. And so the idea of disciplining, which just to kind of define it a little bit, is training, teaching, and correcting our children. And that is a huge responsibility that we shouldn't take lightly. Um, And we often, as you said, we find ourselves leaning towards one side or the other. We're either not um, disciplining and training and correcting enough or maybe we're doing it too heavy-handedly. And I think as I look back on parenting, I can see where that's where those regrets show up. And we just wanted to speak to parents about that a little bit today. Yeah, I'm glad you defined that. And I, I think I heard you say, you know, discipline is training and teaching and correction. That uh, When I think discipline for whatever reason, I just think like you get a rod in Negative. your hand and you're just going to, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. beat mm-hmm. kids left and right. That yeah. That's that's maybe the small minority, mm-hmm. minority, mm-hmm. minority, and we'll get there. But you're saying it's much broader oh, yes. than that. I don't know. Shay, what would you add to that? Yeah, or? I, I think discipline, uh, you know, which is essentially the process where, 
you know, big, bigger sinners are helping smaller sinners change their sinful ways. <laughs> is the way I would well put said. it. Very messy. And, yeah. and 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 that involves, you know, we like you said, Austin. We think of the the negative aspects of it, but there's positive aspects as well, like teaching and encouraging. Um, and admonishing at times, and even punishment, uh, if we're to follow Paul's instructions in Ephesians 1. But I I think it's difficult, because we as parents are sinners ourselves, and, um, you know, we often have a lot of baggage. And and because of that, we um, often don't discipline well, and we need God's grace and wisdom as parents. And so, for example, you know, we're very uneven in our discipline. Mm. Um, so uh, just from example of my own life, you know, if you're on edge emotionally, let's say you come home, you're grumpy, you're tired. And so what the slightest thing your kids do, well, it sets you off and you're yelling at them and you're <laughs> mad, even though whatever they did wasn't that big of a deal. Or conversely, you might be in a good mood and, uh, you know, you let the more serious issues slide hmm. with your kids um, just because you're, you know, you're kind of go with the flow, that sort of thing. So, um, you know, our own baggage, our own emotions, how we're feeling at the time affects how we parent. Mm-hmm. Um or, uh, but secondly, I, I think it's difficult because we might have seen bad examples from our parents in how they mm, disciplined yeah. us. Yeah. You know, so sometimes it, it, it's hard to know what a godly parent is supposed to, to, to look like. Um, you know, balancing love and justice because we didn't have that modeled to us in our lives. And so often parents just do what they saw growing up. Now, now, many times that's a good thing because you're probably, you know, a lot of us, our parents, they did a lot of good things, but, but maybe we caught bad habits from our parents and because those get passed down from one generation to the next. Yeah, there's, man, there's two dynamics I'm thinking about. Number one, either, at least the, what I've seen in my own life and over the years in ministry, either people just default to doing what they saw mm-hmm. or what they didn't see. And you can get stuck in that rut, yeah. or you go to the complete opposite extreme. Mm. If their parents really locked down and set so many boundaries right. and were harsh, we're just going to go to the other side and do the exact opposite. And again, it's point. it's a ditch. And, mm-hmm. and in my experience, it's not just this: I either over-discipline or under-discipline. It's kind of what situations bring out these differences. So Shay, you mentioned you know, if you get home, you're extremely exhausted. Right. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I just I I'm out. Like mm-hmm. you could do whatever you want. You could get ice cream out of the freezer right now. Go watch YouTube Somebody for an hour. Somebody set their hair on fire. I don't care. <laughs> or that makes me so uh, yeah, what irritable and just yeah. touchy, and I will blow up at the slightest thing. Mm-hmm. So it's complex, and yeah, and, and, and you know, and, and, and you need wisdom, and you need mm-hmm. to be kind of in touch with what's going on with yes. you emotionally, with, as you interact exactly. with your kids. Now, right. Shay, you have a good line. Um, well, actually, Emma came up with a line about disciplining because the other thing is you kind of i i think make a lot of mistakes with the first kid cuz they're like your trial run right yep and then with each kid you kind of you know you're more wise you have more experience and so emma noticed 
the difference in disciplining Jack, our oldest, versus Owen, mm-hmm. and what did she say? Well, she said she said with Jack, Jack got the death penalty when it come to <laughs> discipline, and then she said I got a or she said uh, I got life in prison, but then she said our youngest Owen he gets away with murder. Oh my God! And yeah. I, it's that's, that's pretty insightful. That's actually pretty death penalty, true. life in prison, <laughs> yeah, complete exoneration, yeah. amnesty, <laughs> right? Pardon from he the government. He gets by with right. so much. First child right. versus last. Maybe child. because we're older and just worn out that's and so don't true. have the energy to correct and parent. Yeah, uh, you know, know. the other thing you mentioned, and and I want to get to this, you know, question in a second, but you said something about, um, you know, big sinners parenting little sinners. You know, the presence of sin in our own lives does not disqualify us from parenting and disciplining our own kids. Mm -hmm. You know, God, he expects self-aware parents, not sinless parents. Mm -hmm. Right, good. And and hopefully that's maybe an encouragement to any of you who feel like I'm such a mess. Mm-hmm. How where and how can I speak into my own kid's life? Well yes you can. Yeah. <laughs> and you still you're supposed you to still, yeah. you're supposed to. Right. That's yeah. exactly right. So that mm-hmm. self awareness piece, mm-hmm. just even admitting, yes I'm a sinner, yes I need help. And mm-hmm. you can't talk to your siblings that way, whatever right. that might be. Right. Mm-hmm. God's given you this responsibility. Right. And so, God knows you're a sinner exactly as well. Exactly right. Yeah. So. Okay. Let's get to one of those sides of the ditch. Um, guys, where and how would you say you underdisciplined mm-hmm. your kiddos? Yeah. And again, the word discipline, not just meaning picking up a rod and, you know, <laughs> going after your right. kid, but just right. the training and the correction and the boundaries and the structure. And this side of the ditch, is kind of what I would call the path of least resistance. And it's certainly a very tempting path to take. And I think I've shared before that I'm a very conflict avoidant person. And my personality, I just love peace. I love peace and quiet. I love silence and solitude. Shay, you can attest to this. And so you can imagine that in the younger years when my kids were loud and noisy and demanding, and were draining every last drop of energy from me. It was like a vacuum cleaner was just sucking the life out of me. I often did. I often took this path of least resistance. And as I've been trying to narrow this down and think about my parenting in areas where I think I gave in or didn't provide enough structure was actually in the area of spiritual disciplines. And what I mean by this is that I don't think I put enough of a priority on teaching my kids personally how to study the Bible and how to have regular time of prayer and study of Scripture. And this may sound strange, but this is a confession episode, right? So we're just kind of putting it out there because I'm a pastor's kid, and I love the Bible, and I love going to church. And, of course, we've taken our kids to church, and they've had great you know, teachers and mentors and Bible study leaders over the years. But I kind of— personally sort of gave up on that effort of really doing that myself and and in the home. But when you're in the throes of raising little ones, you know, you're you're taking them to church, you're doing all the good things, but I struggled to identify specific practices in our home that taught or modeled prayer or Bible reading or even books that were deeper, like taking our kids into deeper aspects of theology. And I think I avoided that because, A, the time and energy that requires the above and beyond stuff, not just the basic stuff, um, but also the resistance or the complaining that would come when you're trying to enforce those times of prayer or devotion. In fact, I have memories of my dad 
trying to get our family together. <laughs> and we were merciless. I mean, we yeah. we did everything we could to thwart his efforts <laughs> in that. And he finally gave up. You know, I think yeah. it's just a hard he said thing he gave to up. do. Yeah, yeah he okay. gave yeah. up. Yeah. yeah. And isn't that what we pay our youth pastors to right. do? I mean, come right. on. Let's make them <laughs> earn their the salary. What am, for, I, pay, what, what am <laughs> I paying you for? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, and so I. That's a joke, by the way. Yes, you're thinking, right. hey, that the, they're responsible for the you teaching. You can't just right, hand solely. it off. Yeah. And I will say that, I mean, I know that implicitly, my kids know, at least I hope they do, that my relationship with God is my number one priority. But I wish that explicitly I had just spent more time in the Word, reading the Bible with them, having them memorize Scripture so that they could have that model of how to replicate it on their own. And again, they have gotten great ingredients over the years, so I don't, I'm not blaming anyone other than looking at myself and saying, I know that at one point I consciously just said, this is just too much work, and I gave up. And I wish my regret is that I gave up on that. I should have kept trying. Hmm. Yeah, the, the, what I'm thinking about is, you know, God— works in the lives of his people and in, in and through the lives of our kids through our means, but sometimes despite our means. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But maybe, yeah. maybe what I'm hearing you say, and for sure me, is let's not give up on the despite our parenting means too quickly. Mm-hmm. In other words, maybe you wish you would have kind of taken a little more ownership of my kids are going to learn about who Jesus is in and through mm-hmm. our family devotions mm-hmm. or in and through maybe just a quick little discussion about mm-hmm. <laughs> the Bible yeah. rather than just saying, I'm too tired, I give up, yeah. all of that. Yeah, yeah. so yeah, God works sure. through us and maybe despite us. So again, there's another mm-hmm. ditch, figure out where you are. Mm-hmm. I don't know, Shay, what would you say to that? Where did where did you under-discipline kiddos? Same thing, a little bit different? Uh, yeah, a little bit different. I, I think probably under-discipline uh, under-disciplining was my default mode versus over-disciplining. I, I probably erred more on that side. Um, you know, my mom uh, growing up, you know, she's my hero. I love her to death. And, uh, and but uh, she, I, I think looking back on it, I think she over-disciplined. Hmm. Uh, my dad, you know, um, wasn't around much, and my dad never disciplined, which isn't a good way to parent because if you don't have rules and if you don't have boundaries in the home and consequences, right, you you end up raising kind of narcissistic kids who are selfish and think the world revolves around them. And um, and, and I've probably been a little bit more like my dad than hmm. than my mom. So you um, experienced in my parenting. A, you, you I experienced, experienced both a, of those. You experienced yeah. a lot of overdiscipline from your mom. Mom, mm-hmm. and so maybe part of it is you swung the other way. Uh, yeah, and to it, underdiscipline. yeah, and 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 I swung a little bit more towards my dad. But I think what my dad mm-hmm. did wasn't probably the best in the sense of he yeah. just he didn't you know very didn't passive, care. very yeah. passive. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my mom was old school. And uh, so, you know, she would whip us out of anger <laughs> at times. And again, I love her to death. She's passed. She was my hero in life. But, um, you know, she would, we would have to go out and cut this for Scythia bush and, um, you know, cut her own switch. And then she would bring it in and, and mm. whip us with that on the legs. Mm. And I, I got to tell you that it was not good. Um, <laughs> it was painful, That's, but, yeah. but I, I also, well, what? Yeah. Well, I was also going to say though, in later years with her grandkids, if she ever saw us 
trying to be harsh with our kids or over-disciplined, she would jump in and say, don't you dare yell at that kid. Don't you dare hurt that child. Don't, you know, you never, you know. And it was, Shay was like, you made me go out and get my own switch or, to or beat me. Or she washed my mouth out with soap. Yeah. I, I mean, my taste buds are, are still yeah. damaged as right. a result. I'm like, Mom, you're, what, what are you talking about? You, you're an old woman that just to say she trying to work your way she, yeah. into heaven now in these later uh, years. Yeah, exactly. What do you mean don't discipline <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Uh, after what you did to right. me? But, right. But, um, but also, you know, I, I remember, so I think she over-disciplined in some ways. I also remember as a child, you know, there would be, be times where just the, you know, early teen years um, where I was just kind of awkward and I would end up spilling my tea or my milk at dinner. Um, and I just, I, you know, I did it. I wasn't trying to do it, but I just did it because it was a, that awkward phase. And I remember her just flying into a rage. And over that, and 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 so I vowed not to do that with my kids. Um, uh, and uh, so they spilt milk and all that kind of stuff, and I'm just like, I'm not gonna. I'm just gonna understand where they're at. And so we went through a lot of milk. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> as, as a result of that, and you know, you know what that makes me think of. You seen the the movie. Um, a League of Their Own, you know, Tom yeah. Hanks is the yeah. is the manager and mm-hmm. he's trying to restrain <laughs> himself when she makes a mistake in the outfield. I'd like oh. you to hit the cutoff, man. His hands are shaking. <laughs> don't, don't, don't strangle them. Hit the cutoff, man. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I think to be more understanding in those years uh, developmentally, because mm. they're they're yeah. they're going to make mistakes and it's not necessarily willful disobedience. Yeah, they're not trying to be jerks. Yeah, you, you, you have to be discerning. Learning. Um, so that was a good thing to, I, I think, that, that I recognize that in my parent, uh, parenting of just, mm-hmm. you know, is this willful sin or is this just something in their development and we're going we're gonna to have to get through it? Mm-hmm. Um, and and I, I think it taught me that, you, you know, you have to be careful and need wisdom to discern, are the mistakes my kids are making because this is just a developmental issue or is this an area of sin? and. Mm-hmm. And willful disobedience, but you know, Austin. If I have one regret when it comes to teaching and training and uh, disciplining the kids, it, it would be, I think that I just left most of that to Lynn. I, I think mm-hmm. uh, a lot of that fell on her shoulders with my schedule. Um, but I, I would say this, and you know, in response to Lynn's comment, you know, she about practicing the spiritual disciplines and them seeing those things. Mm. I, I think she set a really good example for our kids at the end of the day as they would see her reading her Bible and and mm. praying. And, um, and, and I think also we can think of teaching and training our children as just we're just teaching them to pray and, and you know, memorize verses and that kind of stuff. But you know, if you think about Deuteronomy 6, the, the great shim of the, the Lord our God is one, um, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and then teach your children these things, instruct them as you go about life. I think that's an also a, an important part. It's not just sitting down Bible study, but yep. as they get older, um, it's it's you being the right person who uh, in your character, who loves God first, who puts God first. Do your kids see that? But then secondly, finding those kind of conversations where you can have with your kids, where you're just talking in the midst of life about mm-hmm. yeah. 
a, a, you know, your worldview and trying to pass that worldview down to your kids so that they're, they think Christianly ab- about the yeah, world is so and, important. And even I hear you use these words, you know, worldview. And it's, as I hear that, it might seem very formal and like we now have to sit down and talk mm-hmm. about our worldview. But I think what mm-hmm. I hear you saying and what's something that we're trying to do imperfectly is just make it kind of normal. Mm-hmm. Make it an everyday part of conversation like, hey, what do you think Jesus is eating for breakfast right now? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or yeah. when he comes back, you know, what's the first thing that he's going to want to eat? You know, stuff like that. That just mm-hmm. as a way to say, well, guess what? Jesus is coming back one day and he's going to have an actual body and we're mm-hmm. going to have bodies. So just yeah. small little things incorporating that incorporating it, it yeah. rather than making it this big formal, now we will sit down right. and we yeah. will discuss right. the Bible. Yeah. And, and I think yeah. this mm-hmm. it gets into the little bit of that quantity time versus quality time. And so yeah. there's been a push lately, yeah. quality yeah. time. Yeah. But, and, and I think there's something to be said for that. But uh, to be honest, I, I think it also takes quantity time yeah. because it's hard for me to just schedule these these sure. these moments where I'm really going to connect with my kids. But I found yeah. that in the quantity time when we're doing stuff together, yeah. it's where sometimes then those those moments come up yeah. mm-hmm. just in the midst of natural yeah. conversation. And you really get a chance to to speak to their yeah. hearts in that. Can I ask just a, maybe a, d- a different question, kind of similar though on this side of the ditch about under um, disciplining? Why would you say, and Lynn, maybe I can give you the softball here. Why would you say that's a mishandling of mm-hmm. our role as parents or mm-hmm. caregivers? Why is under disciplining missing that? Much? Yeah, I mean, I think you know when we have areas in parenting where we step aside and where we take this path of least resistance, we want to avoid conflict, then we're in a sense inviting trouble because I think it leaves a vacuum. And and where there's a vacuum, where there aren't limits or guidance or structure or correction or teaching, then kids in their innocence or, you know, we would say like childlike foolishness, they're susceptible to any number of poor choices that can lead to painful consequences because kids don't have the wisdom or the life experience to know how is this thing going to play out. They they can't play the movie forward and really cognitively understand the implications. And so as parents who do have that life wisdom, I think it's important that we step in and you know hold the line Um, be the parent when we see there's areas where our kids might be wandering off. And and I might just say, because if you don't take that role, if you neglect that role, someone else Mm -hmm. is going to fill that void. And so someone else is going to be teaching and training your your children. It's not a question of if, but who. It's a relationship Mm -hmm. that they're going to find or someone online that they're Mm going to be learning from. And Mm so Mm -hmm. you you can give them that worldview or they're going to learn it from somebody else. And it may not it may not be a good influence. Yeah. And I was, you know, I was thinking about this for my own upbringing. Um, when I was a senior in high school, I convinced my dad to let me go on the senior class trip to Puerto Vallarta, Mexico. Wow. So if you can imagine spring break in Mexico, it is everything that might be coming to I, your I don't mind understand. Can right, you tell me more? Right now. <laughs> um, and this was this was a long time ago. I mean, I graduated uh, from high school quite a long time ago. But, you know, he had his hesitations and his reservations. But I, as a 17, 18-year-old, was very persuasive. And I convinced him that you know, dad, I'm responsible and you can trust me and all my friends are going. Like I had all the arguments, right? this is where you met Shay. And this is, no, unfortunately, (laughs) I had to kiss a few more frogs before I met my prince. But 
the reason why I'm telling this story is that on that trip, I met a guy. Again, this is confessions uh, episode, so this is why we're going here. But I met a guy, and I started dating him, and this guy was not good for me. But we Mm. bonded on this trip, and we formed a relationship directly from that time that we had spent down there on spring break. And it was a relationship that actually ended up lasting probably at least a year and a half and it was not healthy for me. And in, in several respects, it led me down a bad path. And I can say this in hindsight, that that was not healthy for me. But at the time, I didn't see that it was bad for me. I thought, I'm mature. I'm responsible. I can handle this. I have all this figured out. And interestingly, years later, when I was talking hmm. with my dad. and Oh, yeah. I was going to ask, did, yes. he, did he ever... Did you ever bring this up? Yes. So years later when I was talking with my dad and we were reflecting on that time in my life, he said, you know, Lynn, I really regret letting you go on that trip. Hmm. He said, but you were so insistent and I knew that you would have been really upset if I had said no and held you back from going. He said, so I gave in. But he said, but when you came back from that trip, you were in that new relationship and I knew that I had failed you, and I shouldn't have let you go. Now, at that time, if my dad had said no, I would have been livid because mm. all my friends were going. Mm-hmm. And it would have been, I would have been devastated and very upset. However, now as an adult with the wisdom that I have, if he had held the line and said, no, Lynn, I know you want to go, but I'm not, I'm, you know, I'm saying no because this is for your good. It could have prevented me from some pain and some painful consequences mm. from that. Now, I will say that God, you know, is sovereign. He used even those painful consequences in my life to do some pretty deep work in my life. But I just think about this is, you know, we're presented with so many challenges as parents today, especially now in our culture more than ever, where our kids are going to be insistent about things that they want to do that we know as parents is not what's best for them. And we're going to be faced with this temptation to take the path of least resistance. But I just want to encourage us as parents that it is our responsibility to give our kids the protection and guidance that they need, even if it means they're upset with us. Mm. Yeah. And and then find, I think finding, though, is then they get older and they have more freedom— you know, sometimes you can't restrict them what they're going to do, but mm-hmm. but you can say, look, I, this is just my my thoughts on this. I think this this choice that you're making is probably not going to to give you what you're looking for, and it's going to not lead to the kind of life that you want and the wholeness. And there's probably going to be a lot of pain that's going to come with it. But you're mm-hmm. going to have the freedom to mm-hmm. you're, you're going to have to make those choices and and learn to live with the consequences. Mm. I, I just want to say this. I can't re- really relate to this concept of making poor choices when it comes mm. to dating. Yes, of course. I have, yeah. I have, I don't have a category. You're bad in a thousand. Uh, bad in a thousand percent of them. I bad in a thousand. And so there's really no, this is not confession for me. There's really no story So we're, we're just praying for Lynn is what we need to do. <laughs> yep. She can accept the grace and forgiveness yeah, of Jesus. He's yeah. like blacked out uh, about six years of his yeah, life yeah. that he's just not willing to confess I'm yet, glad you finally found your prince <laughs> and um, good for you. You, na- you never made but, any dating uh, mistakes? No, is that what you're never, saying? Okay, no, got no, it. No, cool. No. 
Um, they were always very, mm. whoever I dated were, they were very, no, I'm not even going to go there. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, I, when it comes to dating advice to your kids, I don't know why I'm thinking of this. I'm not sure that we, we helped our kids much, but I always used to tell them, you know, uh, hear no evil, see no evil, date no evil. Mm. I remember mm -hmm. that, Lynn. And I'd tell them, don't date crazy. But, uh, well, you know, you know it's not there's some bad. wisdom in that. But, but, <laughs> there's but, the worst advice out there. Uh, you know, seriously, we didn't let our kids date until they were 16. And um, I don't know if that's radical today, for you know, and, but that's where we kind of held the line. Um, and we always had to meet the kids that they were going out on a date with. And uh, we tried to encourage our kids to do stuff with us. Yeah as a family. Yep. And so, you know, this whole concept of dating has so shifted, mm -hmm. right? Yep. I mean, it's mm -hmm. the the kids, they leave, they go out, there's no, there's, you don't really see what's going or on who or, what, with. or who they're yeah. with or that right. sort of thing. And so uh, we were like, hey, you know, if you're interested in somebody, bring them over, let's have a dinner, let's have a, we'll watch a movie together or those yep. kind of things mm -hmm. so that we could get to know them. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, man, as I'm hearing all this and Lynn, especially something you talked about, you know, your regrets, uh, a couple things, especially if you're listening and have kids. Number one, um, you are going to probably make mistakes. Not probably. Of you course. will make mistakes. Yeah. So don't hear this and think, let me just try to prevent any pain, any mistakes in my own life and my kid's life. Mm -hmm. I think that would result in just clamping down and mm -hmm. that's just going to make life worse. And um, I'm just thinking about what your dad did. You know, he revisited and he, after the fact, he just shared, I mm -hmm. wish I would have done this. If, mm -hmm. if that's you, if you're a parent and you're listening and, you know, mm -hmm. you realized actually I did blow it somewhere, man, go and share that mm -hmm. in an appropriate way with your kiddo. Um, yeah. Because that, and we've talked about this in previous episodes and will in the future, just being vulnerable and hearing your kids, apolog you apologize to them. That's pretty powerful. Yeah. Human, being human and modeling that's humility. Mm -hmm. That's exactly yeah, right. So absolutely. even just, just owning the fact that, man, we're, we're not going to be perfect mm -hmm. and we need to rely on <laughs> Jesus, really, absolutely. because he loves our kids yeah. more mm -hmm. than we ever could. I don't know. For me, that just takes some of the weight off. And yet that doesn't also abdicate our responsibility. We still have to hold the line in certain ways. Mm -hmm. But, you know, so if you're hearing this and you're feeling a little bit weighed down, hopefully maybe that can just lift um, some mm -hmm. of that burden. Mm -hmm. um, man, we had so many other questions, but let me let me do this. We've been on the under-disciplined side. Now let's go to the opposite side. Mm -hmm. um, where and how <laughs> did you guys over-discipline your kids? Mm -hmm. Well, since this is the honest confession episode, um, I think Answering this question was actually easier for me because I think I can see so many flaws and regrets in my parenting on this end of the spectrum. And as I tried to narrow this down, I think what I regret most is that I over-disciplined with my tongue. And what I mean by that is that I used my words to try and control my kids in a hurtful way. Mm. And there were many times that I gave full vent to my anger, and I used my words to criticize, scold, lecture, or blame my kids. And these were moments where I think I needed to feel in control. And so instead of listening, I lectured. Instead of normalizing, I was criticizing. Can you say more about you needed to be in control? What do you mean? <sighs> yeah, well, when you see your kids um, misbehaving or not you know, falling in line with your schedule or what you think they should be doing, you know, whether it's, you know, overt, you know, disobedience or just they're being kids, 
that felt so kind of chaotic and out of control ah, to me I that I would go into like a lecture mode or I mode or I would scold them or I would blame them. And instead of pausing to kind of look deeply at myself and seeing my own error in this situation, I would blame them. You know, I would project my frustrations onto them. And mm. honestly, I think I've probably blocked a lot of this out because I can't think of one specific story or example of when this happened, but I know it happened frequently. And I regret that I used my position of authority to overcorrect at times or be harsh with my words mm. and not slow down to listen or just try to understand where they were coming mm. from first. Like maybe there did need to be that corrective experience, but I rushed to that instead of just trying to ask questions and listen yeah, first. Yeah, so I, I think if I'm getting it right, in this case, not always, but a lot of times that correction was more for you to gain mm -hmm. control mm -hmm. rather than for the benefit of the kiddos. Yeah, yeah, and, and I think that's right. And because you needed mm -hmm. control and calm, whatever that was, mm -hmm. you tended to default to being very harsh with your words and mm -hmm. criticizing because you just want a, a moment. <laughs> mm -hmm. Now, mm -hmm. I, I totally get that. I get that this is where I default to. And yet, just like what you said, slowing down, maybe even recognizing when you're getting to that moment and go, okay, mm -hmm. maybe we need discipline and correction here, but the reasons for it mm. can make all the difference. Mm -hmm. Yeah. For yeah. Sure. Real quick, I might just add just, I, 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 again, I think I erred on the side of under discipline, but over discipline, there, there were times where just my anger got away with me and I'm, I'm yelling at the kids mm -hmm. and or driving down the road and reaching into the back seat and just trying to mm. <laughs> spank someone and hoping, <laughs> you know, I don't care who, I, it's not very proportional kind of thing. You're just, Were you going to say something uh, about sports at this point as well? Well, yeah, I, th although th sometimes I don't know this, yeah, I, I think my, my, my biggest regret was, um, you know, seeking to live vicariously through my kids. So being harsh with them, especially, you know, after games and things like that and, mm. and my critique of them. Mm. And because I felt like they were a reflection of me out there. And so when they weren't, you know, they weren't doing things right, I felt that was, was you know, uh, I, I just, I was living vicariously. I had mm. made an idol out of this of sports. Yeah. And I was just so harsh with them and said said things that I, yep. you know, now looking back, I wish I could take back. And, and uh, you know, I've had to go to my kids over the years and mm -hmm. just, just apologize. And yep. just said, you know, that wasn't about you, but that was more about my issues going mm -hmm. on in, in my life. And so I think I got better as, as yeah. you know, my third one came along. But yeah. Knowing but, what uh, you know now, what would you do instead? Like you see, you know— Jack or Emma or whoever screwing up out there or whatever it is, before you would have criticized them, anything you would do differently now, knowing what you know, just if nothing else for parents who are in this world right now, right. <laughs> trying to do something a little different. Yeah, I, I um, just being knowing that going in, that dealing, being in touch with your own heart, of your own idols and being aware um, more aware that that sometimes you're pushing your kids so hard because it's more about you mm. than because you want you want your kids to be so successful and then oh they've got successful kids and so you're comparing yourself to other parents and you get caught up in that mm. and to just know let your kids be who God's created them to be with their interests and mm. and that sort of thing and it doesn't mean you don't teach and train your children and, and work with them and practice with them but 
but really watching your words, being more encourage, encouraging, mm-hmm. um, uh, constructive encouragement is the, <laughs> the two words I yep. wish I would have known mm-hmm. back then. Be a be a constructive encourager I, yeah. versus being a constructive criticizer. Criticizer, yeah. discourager. I think one practical thing too is that if you're a parent in this situation, and you know your kid is, you know, playing volleyball or baseball or soccer or whatever it is, and they, you know, don't perform at their best, and if that upsets you. I would not have that conversation until you as the parent mm. have calmed down. Of course, you're going to, you know, maybe have an emotional reaction like, oh, we've practiced this. Why aren't you doing that? You know, it's frustrating. It's upsetting. But don't try to correct when you're upset, when you're triggered. You know, let let the moment pass. Let Because everybody's adrenaline yeah. is pumping. It's almost like give yourself at least a couple hours. Yeah, just to, yeah. Like, go, go grab some ice cream. Or yeah. the next day. Or, Have you know, a conversation. Just, yeah, wait yeah. 24 yeah. hours. Don't, because if you, if you start in the moment or like right after the game or whatever it mm. is, their emotions are running high, your emotions are running high. It's mm-hmm. nothing good really is going to come right. from that conversation. Right. So just let... The emotions die down and that, revisit. That's it. my biggest regret, mm. Austin. Yeah. I, I think I hurt my kids, and there were times where you know I've gone to them and just said, "Dad was wrong here," yeah. and you know those those have been good moments to just you know, to forgive. And... Why you know I asked this with the underdisciplined one. Why would you say that this is a mishandling of a role of authority as parents? And caregivers, if mm-hmm. and when we over-discipline. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, this is probably obvious to people, but when we use our position of power or authority over our kids as a weapon against them or to just try and control them, then I think we're really in danger of losing their hearts. Mm-hmm. And sadly, there are children who grow up and they're being abused by their parents' authority. And we see this a lot in our clients who they're coming to grips with ways that their parents have harmed them in horrible, Mm. you know, absolutely um, inexcusable ways. And so this topic of overcorrection or even into the extreme of abuse, it's a big topic that requires context and we can't fully cover it in today's episode. But I just want to say there is never any excuse for abuse, for a parent abusing their child, using their role of authority on a, on a dependent child. So children are vulnerable, they're fragile, and punishing or abusing a child is morally wrong. And a biblical view of authority never upholds or allows for this abuse. So please hear when we say we're not talking about authority as a way to lord your power over your children and to harm them in abusive ways. But what we are describing today is just more in the garden variety of using our authority or desire to correct our train and our you know our children in ways that are harsh or, or coercive, or maybe they're just missing the deeper root issues that are at play. And here's a visual that I had when our oldest son was a teenager in high school, and and we were having some tense moments. And I will say, by the way, that I think the junior and senior years of high school tend to bring the most emotion, tension, conflict, because your kids are getting ready to launch, right? And in some sense, they're preparing you as parents (laughs) to let them go, 
right? Because you're kind of like, oh, I'm so sad. You know, they're going to launch. They're going to be moving out. And then, you know, everybody's kind of getting on each other's nerves and you kind of get to the point of like, I think we're ready. You know, (laughs) I think you're ready. I think I'm ready. I think we're all ready for this, right? But um, something happened um, with Jack that we were upset about. And we were really digging into the more heavy-handed authority, authoritarian approach. And one day in the midst of this power struggle, I said to Shay, you know, there's an emotional thread of connection between us and Jack right now. And once he leaves the house, that emotional connection is all that we're going to have left. And is how we're responding right now going to keep that emotional connection or is it going to sever it? Because that's mm. all we're going to have left. And I I feel like that was a turning point. Mm-hmm. And I think it shifted us from seeing, you know, this is a battle that we have to win. And, you know, it's this power struggle to just kind of trying to get to the heart issues that were going on in our relationship. We needed to repair some broken trust. And so restoring the relationship became our priority. And I think that set us up for when he did launch. It was going from a place of, we value you. Um, we, we we value our relationship with you more than the expectations that we may have for you. We have to set those aside. We have mm. to let you be you. And I think he really sensed that you know mm. we're on your side. We're not against yeah. you. Yeah. What What would you say to the parent or the person listening who says, "Wow, I would love to be this open and honest with my kids, and I would love to start building that trust, but it's just so bad." Mm-hmm. It's awful. There's a high level of mistrust. There's disgust on both sides. And maybe my kiddo wants nothing to do with me right now. Mm-hmm. What What would you say to that person or to the, potentially that situation? How would you begin the whole journey of mm-hmm. restoring that thread, so to speak? Mm-hmm. I, I think the, we talked about uh, asking for their forgiveness of how you've wronged them, uh, listening mm-hmm. And just listening and let them tell their story and letting it be, not letting, not not having to get in the last word. Mm. I like to get in the last word mm. and just let them have the last word at times um, to, to let them express their frustration and their emotions. And I, I think that mm-hmm. that really um, helped us. I, I think, yeah. um, you know, with Jack, I think there was a time where he just had to basically look at me and say, Dad, I don't know if he said F you, but. Close to it. Dad, uh, yeah, close to it. Like, look, and I'm like, oh, I just knew, I knew at that point that I just needed to back off mm. and just let him be and let him, he, God has a plan for his life. I'm not God. Stop being so controlling. Mm. And and God's going to do, you know, what God wants to do with him and yep. uh, l- let him be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't have a lot to add to that. I think it's um, when a relationship is broken you know, it does take two people to rebuild that bridge of trust. Mm. So you as a parent might go, oh, okay, now I'm really willing to rebuild this this bridge of trust. Mm-hmm. And your kid might not be. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be really painful. Yeah. And yeah. that's going to be really mm-hmm. hard. I mean, yeah, I'm even thinking about just the timeline. You know, I, I had some shoulder issues going on and I went and got looked at and you stretch as he's fine. And the guy said, hey, don't expect this to get better in a week or two. Mm-hmm. Like give it yeah. two, three, four months. And that was as much as I didn't want to hear that, that helps set the expectation. Like, okay, it's going to be a long haul. Similarly, all the things that you're talking about, whatever timeline you think, maybe double it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because it's just going to take time because it sounds like, I mean, what I think is nothing will ruin 
that if you try to hurry it up, like, yeah. hey, I've been doing all the things, I'm yeah. listening, I'm not putting in the last word. Are we there yet? Yeah. yeah. And, right. and hurry is the antithesis of love. Yeah, mm. yeah you got to <laughs> um, be, patient. be patient. And be, be patient. And hopefully over time, your kids get to the point where, you know, I think it was Mark Twain that said, you know, the older you get, the the you see that you're the wiser your parents become <laughs> in your mind, right, as you go about living life. So hopefully they recognize that yeah. and get that get that and understand that you're gonna you made mistakes as parents, yes. but so will they. Right. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. so um but yeah. I, I just you know, just to finish the section off, I, I just the, the the whole idea of just us mishandling our authority, um you know, being harsh, being punitive, focusing upon the rules and the punishment. You know, that's not a good reflection of who God our Father is. Um, so, um, you know, when we do that, I think our, our kids are vulnerable to grow up as seeing our Heavenly Father as being just this harsh who harsh disciplinarian. And um, we have to remember, yeah, God is, God is kind and compassionate and loving and slow to anger and forgiving uh, us of our sins mm-hmm. and 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 so if you're going to err, I would err on the side of being loving and forgiving and kind yeah. the way our Heavenly Father is yeah. with us. You know, on a normal episode, we would end there because that was fantastic. <laughs> but this is not a normal episode. Mm-hmm. And so we finally arrived at our third and final uh, spicy bonus question. So now <laughs> if you've zoned out on your morning commute or if you're multitasking around the house, you need to stop and you need to listen up. Here it is. What are your views on spanking? Okay. Should parents spank their kids? Yes, no, maybe. Mm. Tell us more about what goes into your answer. Mm -hmm. Well, I'll weigh in. Let me just, you know, some general principles here. I always think that in our discipline that it needs to be proportional. Okay, so. Okay, yeah, say more. um, (laughs) You you know, uh, your your kid forgets to take out the trash. Okay, well, don't punish them for a month, you Mm -hmm. know, that they can't see their friends. So. So I, I I think you have to find there there has to be a proportional punishment for whatever that they have that they have done. Um, the I, I think the punishment should somehow <clears throat> fit the crime. So you know your kid comes in and they're dropping their book bag, their backpack every day, and they don't hang it up and that sort of thing. Well, that probably again I I wouldn't. You know, I'm take away uh, video games for a week or something like that. Although you might, I, I don't know if there's a right or wrong, but try to make it proportional and let the punishment fit the crime. So, um, I was actually I didn't come up with this idea, but I was reading a guy. He said he made his kids uh, take their uh, <laughs> books. <laughs> <laughs> brown paper bag <laughs> the next day <laughs> and and that yeah. uh it, and that it like changed their behavior because they didn't want to be seen carrying mm-hmm. a brown paper bag <laughs> right. or his daughter was away wouldn't wouldn't put up her coat when she mm-hmm. came home and so mm-hmm. he, they you know instead of you know wasn't that they sent her out without a coat in the winter but they said you're gonna wear an old coat that uh that <laughs> an you old ugly like, coat you're gonna wear out of style <laughs> and it, it it just like those those yeah. wise things, okay. uh, you know, changed behavior, mm-hmm. and uh, I thought Which that was really wise. Which I think really is wise. like logical consequences, yeah. right? Like if you're yeah. not going to treat your property well, then we're going to yeah. give you kind of crummy property because yeah. you're not treating it well. Yeah. yeah so bringing yeah. this back to spanking, yeah. let's say a kid, you know, spills the milk or forgets, you know, 
the, mm-hmm. to put the back bag up. What you're saying is spanking in those particular issues makes might no not work. Sense. Makes no sense yeah. because it's not related mm-hmm. to the issue, and mm-hmm. it's 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 not a developmental issue. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. it absolutely. Um, um, so so yeah, I, I've mentioned don't be overly harsh in your discipline. God, godly parents find that balance between love and justice. You've, mm-hmm. It's it's always finding that. Uh, seek ways to be kind and merciful and forgiving, uh, because that's how our Heavenly Father treats us. And so be merciful in your parenting, right? There's so many things that you can just, you can encourage them or teach them or train them that, that, that physical spanking is, it's, it shouldn't even come into your mind, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, okay, that said, um, uh, I, I, I think we, maybe Lynn, you mentioned this, but I want to mention this again. I would say also know your kids and their personalities and their temperaments. Mm-hmm. And so with Owen, you could just look at him when he had done something wrong and he would be repentant. Mm-hmm. Right. And ah, so th- yeah. th- there was no need. Game over. Right. In Game, that th- sense, th- there's th- no need th- to spank him because right. he's already repentant. Mm-hmm. Th- there's no need for further discipline. Um, ah. J- Jack pushed the boundaries a little bit. <laughs> there was willful, simple I hope our kids don't listen to this episode. I don't where, know if they're going to Where listen, we but. did need to to spank. Yeah. And um, I, I, I love that because I think what you just got to is what's the purpose of, we'll call it spanking or, you know, the rod to use the biblical image. Well, the purpose is repentance. I yeah. think that was the, the goal. And so mm-hmm. if and when you see, let's say your kiddo's repentant, get rid of the rod. No yeah. need to spank. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. You're, you're, you're yeah. looking to get to their hearts. It's about relationship. It's not mm. so much about changing the behavior. Mm. Although there are times when your kids are younger and they're doing things that are dangerous, you have to change their behavior, right? Yeah. You mm-hmm. have to stop them from doing right. certain things. But, you know, we didn't spare the rod, uh, as as Proverbs says. Mm. Um, you know, we listened to that verse. Uh, Hebrews twelve eleven tells us what our Heavenly Father, what disciplines us at times. Mm. In our lives, mm-hmm. even though we're his children, he he loves us. But there's times where he brings discipline into our lives, mm-hmm. and it's and it's painful, and and yeah. we, and we learn from that. But I, I would just say this: that that when you do spank, um, be sure that they know what they've done is wrong, and um, you're spanking for willful sin that they understand is disobedience. Mm-hmm. Um, but gosh, don't spank out of anger. This is and why I, yeah. I, look, you look yeah. I think so much of the physical discipline that's done by parents out there is is ungodly. Mm-hmm. It's wrong. Mm-hmm. They're they're hitting their kids out of anger and it's just wrong. It's mm-hmm. and and that's a parent problem. And and so I just full stop on that. Mm-hmm. A, a lot of what I see of just smacking kids and that sort of thing yeah. and so reactive. Reactive yeah. and devaluing them. And yeah. so I that that grieves me. Mm-hmm. Um but but in the few times we spanked, we we you know, for example, we didn't use our hands, which can cause bodily injury. You mm-hmm. think about a large hand hitting mm-hmm. someone. Mm-hmm. Um, we used only um, pampered chef spoons. Only the so finest. Only the finest <laughs> spoons on our kids. So it would sting a mm. little bit. It was it was painful, but the, uh, there was also always a teaching aspect with it and a reassuring of our love and our commitment to mm-hmm. them afterwards. Um, we we didn't want to just change behavior, but we really did want to get to their hearts. And we found that the more, you know, you, at, th- at first you think as a parent you're going to be spanking all the time. But but what we found in reality is is that the few times that we did spank, 
that that it got less and less that we didn't need to to mm-hmm. do that mm-hmm. and yep. um and and we disciplined because we wanted our kids to follow and obey God um, you know, so that life may go well for them, mm-hmm. as it says in Ephesians, and mm-hmm. and that they experience God's blessing and not the destructiveness of sin, and and that's why God disciplines us mm-hmm. because He loves us. And, you know, if He didn't correct and teach and discipline, it, it would be neglect. Mm-hmm. Um, neglectful parents don't teach and encourage and train their children, but but God has given us that responsibility. Remember, uh, Paul says in Ephesians six four that fathers and I think mothers. Mm-hmm. Um, it says, don't exasperate your children. I think one of the ways we do that is through hypocrisy or over-disciplining them. But it said, instead, it says, bring them up in the training and the instruction of the Lord. And so God has given us that responsibility. But it's not easy. And if you're, you're going to make mistakes as a parent, mm-hmm. and, and there may be times that you need to go to your kids and just ask them for their forgiveness of, of how you've parented them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so your kids see how you need God's grace in your life as well. Hopefully, they will see that they mm-hmm. need God's grace as well. And I think, just finally, one of the things that maybe has had the greatest impact on my kids, um, and, and I think I could say this for you too, Lynn, is just me owning my own sin, showing humility to them, showing them that I'm not perfect. I need God's grace and mercy just mm-hmm. like they do. And so model that model that humility yeah. to your kids. Yeah, that's so great. And we're wrapping things up. Let me see if I could just summarize kind of the whole spanking thing, a couple things to take away. Number one, it, I, I think it's fair to say that should be by far the exception and it's not It's like your last, norm. yeah. Your last resort. Not, so if you're, yeah. for whatever reason— um, if spanking your kids is kind of the norm, I would urge you to consider changing that and rethinking and maybe taking a step back about what the impact of that might be. The other thing, if and when, you know, you do need to spank, remember what's the purpose behind it. The purpose is repentance. Mm-hmm. And so if and when you have kiddos that have a hair trigger of repentance, game over. No need to bring the rod in because <laughs> they've gotten mm-hmm. to where that, you know, rod, metaphorically speaking, has gotten them. Um, and lastly, kind of what you said, nobody does this perfectly. Um, repentance is is key and even apologizing. If you sense that, yeah, maybe I have been a little bit mm-hmm. heavy-handed with my kiddos, apologize to them. That's going to mean so much and that will be maybe slowly but surely mm-hmm. a change to not falling on one mm-hmm. side or the other of that ditch, but through there, mm-hmm. um, through the, down the middle. Guys, I know we always can't do a format like this, but I would like to do it again <laughs> sometime. <laughs> I'd love fun. to hear, you know, confessions yeah. from Shay and Lynn. Yeah. Um, so for, for you who are listening, you know, if you're a parent with any age kiddos, if you're teaching kids or coaching kids or, you know, volunteering on a Sunday morning with kids, maybe you're just one, if you want nothing else, one takeaway, just begin to take stock of your default positions. Mm-hmm. Which side of that ditch do you tend to default to? And if it's different, where? What are those situations? Where and how do you under-discipline and or over-discipline? Because once you can figure that out, you'll be better equipped to make some changes and try to find that middle road. Yeah, I just think the last thing I want to say here is think of parenting like a tightrope. You know, you mentioned the ditch, but you're constantly on this fine line between these two mm-hmm. sides, and it's very easy to fall on one side or the other. So if you're feeling like, wow, this is an impossible balancing act, it's because it is. <laughs> and chances are you're a great parent because you can appreciate just how hard this job is and the continual adjusting that you have to do in order to not fall off that tightrope. 
And I might, the final thing I would say is, can you, can you teach your kids to have a heart for God? Um, well, I, I think you can as they see you do you have a heart for mm, God? Mm-hmm. You know, they're going to they're gonna watch what you do and follow what you do. So do they see that you, you walk with God? Um, do they see that you care about your relationship with Jesus? Is that a priority in your life? Um, but ultimately, you know, that's something that God's going to have to do in their lives mm-hmm. to open their yep. eyes to see that truth. Yep. And so I think it's a both and. <laughs> the, the, the parent has a role in that. But ultimately, it's God that has to do that in in in, yep. in kids' lives. So parents can do everything right, and mm-hmm. you know it doesn't mean that their 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 kids are going to grow up and and follow the Lord. But yep. um, but you continue to pray to that end and and pray that God does a does a miracle and mm-hmm. and work in their life the way He has maybe done in yours. That's mm-hmm. great. Well said, um, guys. Thanks so much for being with us. Thanks for letting us be with you in the weeds of life. We want this resource to bring you hope and to help bridge the gap between where you are and where you want to be. Follow us on Instagram at WithYouInTheWeeds. If you like what you're hearing, text the episode to a friend, like us, and leave a review. Until next time, remember, God is with you in the weeds.